This is Leaders Who Scale, and I'm Jeff Siegel. I've worked with thousands of companies over the years, and I'm fascinated by seeing how many of them grow and scale. Join me as we learn from the leaders of growing companies and share that knowledge. Leaders Who Scale is sponsored by Siegel Solutions, providing world-class accounting, advisory, and QuickBooks and Acumatica Cloud ERP services. Today's guest has over 15 years of experience specializing in building customer service teams, corporate communications, and marketing. They've been recognized by premium service brands, which is a leader in franchise in North America. Uh, they were recognized as a 2021 brand champion. In five years, the company's only five years old, they've grown from one to 25 employees. And as far as growth, so top line revenue year one to year two was 100%. And every year thereafter, they've grown at least 50%. I think even this year is going to be more than that. They're the fourth largest 360 painting franchise in America. She's the co-owner of 360 Painting of Naperville, and they're located in Illinois. Welcome, Roxanne Conrad. Hi, Jeff. Thanks for having me. Well, thanks for being on. I really appreciate you taking the time and uh, love to hear about the, um, the growth of the company and how you're doing it and uh, any tips that you could offer you know, the, us, me, and the people, the listeners uh, would be awesome. Um, but before we get into it, just if you could briefly talk about what 360 painting does. I mean, painting, obviously we know you, it's painting, but maybe a little bit more about the company. Sure, absolutely. Um, so 360 painting is exactly that. It's a residential and commercial painting company. Uh, we do both interiors and exteriors. Uh, we do a lot of specialty services as well. Um, so, you know, anything from refinishing cabinets or gel staining staircases, front doors. Uh, we work with a lot of realtors to kind of help them with their clients, but that is what it is. It's a painting company and we do everything that corresponds to painting, both commercial and residential. Okay. That's, that's great. And you're a franchise. So yes, when you yeah. started, you probably had all the tools to, to, to get going. Yeah, so that is one thing that um, that we looked at when my husband and I decided to branch out on our own into entrepreneurship mm -hmm. was um, the option and the opportunities that come with franchising. Um, so we looked at several different organizations. Uh, Premium Service Brands was the one we ended up going with, and 360 Painting was what we bought into. Um, so you get the best of both worlds with franchising, um, as long as you get a great franchise system like PSB. Yeah. Um, you get the, you know, local owner operator, right? Mm -hmm. All decisions are made locally. We own the company. That part is great. We're still entrepreneurs. We're still making the decisions. We're still making money for ourselves and growing our own business. Um, but you get started with a lot of help. So you get that backend infrastructure that's kind of already in place. We have a national call center. We had some uh, marketing components that were already put in place, which I really appreciated. Uh, so you get that kind of foot in the door a little bit, that leg up yeah. um, that a lot of kind of just entrepreneurs don't have if they're starting their, their business solely from the ground up. So that's one benefit of being in franchising. So are you, was your husband a painter originally and i don't think you were a painter right <laughs> no and you wouldn't want him painting your home either um no so my husband and i both actually started believe it or not um in corporate america xerox um okay. i was in marketing and he was in data analytics uh but he always had a dream of owning a company on his own his grandfather did his father did that's something he always wanted to do um so after years of experience in corporate america we learned a ton. We got great understanding of company infrastructure, customer service. I actually managed a customer service call center at one point wow. um, and along with all the marketing. Um, so yeah, once we had that kind of background, um, it was time to kind of go out on our own. Um, so no, he never did have anything to do with painting um, and he's never painted anything. And like I said, you wouldn't want him painting. He knows a ton about it now, um, but he definitely isn't picking up the brush anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's interesting because you probably, were you, when you got that bug or you got both of you, this entrepreneurial bug, 
Was there other franchises you looked at as far as, I know you, you mentioned you looked at different ones, but other actual, you know, um, besides painting, I'm curious what else you may have. You yeah, may we have actually did. We narrowed it down to three, believe it or not. And they were yeah. all very different. Um, so painting was obviously the one we ended up going with. Mm -hmm. um, we looked at one of the blinds companies you've probably heard of all the different ones that are out there, three day budget, like we, we looked at a blinds company. Um, and then we also looked at an art restoration, uh, company as well. Yeah. So my husband has a passion for art and, um, that was just something that he kind of like really mm -hmm. focused on. But again, we ended up going with the painting company. It was probably the best in terms of what we felt gave us a, um, a, a kind of a start, the best yeah. start. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting because I, I normally don't even start these podcasts off talking as deep about a company like this, but it's it just, it's interesting because what I've, I've talked to a lot of people who are founders and they like have a technical skill and they, they go into, you know, what they know best. And um, yeah. it's interesting from the other side of the coin where you both had this corporate America experience and totally, you know, different than what the business is doing today. So it's it kind of, it's the other way around of looking at things, which, um, which is an interesting concept. Like I, I'm an accountant, sorry, that was, that's my, you know, background. Um, right. And so I started an accounting practice, outsourced accounting, and that's how I've grown it. But, you know, I've never really looked at it like going into a company that I, that's not my technical expertise. So um, yeah, and I guess you would say our technical expertise. So mine is mine is marketing, mm -hmm. uh, and, and Brian's data analytics. But we came in with I would I would say kind of that understanding of infrastructure and also customer service uh -huh. and kind of creating that um, customer interaction. And so when we did our research, believe it or not, we actually did um, as homeowners ourselves we tested the market. So we went out and got quotes for our home from different painting companies and blind companies. Okay. And, um, and our and, restoration? Uh, <laughs> no, we didn't have enough. We didn't have <laughs> enough great art to do that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but we actually tested the market. And so one of the reasons that we went with 360 painting, uh, aside from kind of the, the backend franchise, uh, uh, aspect is uh, what we found is that there was an opportunity for us to make a difference in the marketplace, right? So um, kind of that, that feel of connecting with the customer, giving them great customer service and great communication uh, has often been lacking in the trades um, mm -hmm. and kind of trades are known for that a little bit. Um, especially that owner operator kind of feel um, where you're, you're calling your plumber. He's the same guy that's going to come out and do the work, right. that kind of thing. And he might not be able to get back to you right away because he's on the job on another job working. And so uh, we were able to kind of realize that our niche could be creating that customer experience that's often lacking in the trades and bringing that customer service from our corporate America background into this industry and providing our customers with a lot better communication, a lot better customer service. Um, and I think that that served us well. Well, it, it actually, it sounds like from day one, you, the both of you have been working on the business instead of in the business. And typically you see the other way around and people have a hard time getting out of the working in the business. And so they can't, they, they can't get to that point where they're strategizing and they're looking at growth and the, you know, where the business is, is headed and how to scale it. They're, they're like you said, your plumber, they're out there doing the work. So um, mm -hmm. it's another take on it. And, and it's not, you know, it sounds like it's working. Um, and Jeff, you're exactly right. I think that that's probably universal when you talk to anybody who owns their business and has scaled it successfully, that's probably the, the universal thing that you hear from everybody in that, in that is you have to be working on your business and not in your business in order to grow it. Yeah. And like I said, too many people, they, they want to, and they actually can't because they're not building up the team. They don't have the right resources And the, their safety zone is to go out and do the technical stuff. And, um, yep. Those are those are businesses that probably they don't scale. Unfortunately, you're spot on. You're yeah. spot on. Yep. So what what's been the most challenging um, part of scaling the business? 
Yeah. yeah. So our most challenging is, you know, staffing efficiency um, and uh, kind of finding that balance, right, for scaling. So yeah. we're a painting company. We're located in the Chicagoland area. So we have some seasonal things going on. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Exterior painting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we do a lot of exterior painting and we have to do a lot of it in a truncated amount of time. Um, so finding that balance as far as the staffing efficiency, that's our, that's our greatest challenge. I think that that will probably continue to be our greatest challenge just because again of our environment and the industry. So, you know, finding, um, those people that, can do the work, want to do the work, can come on into the organization. Um, but again, finding and figuring out how do we keep and maintain that level of productivity from season to season to season. Um, and that can be challenging, obviously, in the low season, which is winter sure. versus the high season. So sales go up and we need to make sure that we're properly staffed. So the turnaround can stays consistent because we want to be able to provide that consistent level of customer service and support as well. So that's our biggest challenge. That's always going to be our biggest challenge, I think. Um, but yeah. Yeah. In, in your business, like how do you, how is the challenge as far as you, are the, the same painters that do exterior, can they do interior? Because I assume the not the winter months, you're probably doing a lot more interior painting, um, or yeah. you try to anyway, to keep it going. Do you have to, are they are seasonal employees or do you, do you somehow they can do both internal and external? Yeah, so we have a mixture actually. Um, we have uh, quite a few uh, full-time employees, uh, full-time painters. Um, and, and you're right, uh, to a certain extent, most painters, uh, most of our employees can do both. Um, I would say all of our full-time employees could do anything pretty much. Um, we have, we have a scale of, uh, kind of where we bring our painters in at, um, as far as their training and skill set, Um, and we keep track of that to make sure that we're, um, scheduling the proper people on the right jobs. Right. Um, but as far as kind of, uh, uh, we also have some contract employees as well that we bring on during the high season. Um, we've got a couple of contract employees that have been with us for three years now. Um, they're, they're trusted. We vetted them very well. All of our employees and our subcontractors have to be background checked just, in, just to even yeah. get an interview with us, just to even start a trial with us. Um, that's very important to us. But um, yeah, so we do do some contract employee work, especially during the high season. Um, and then a lot of them do other things throughout the winter as well. Does, does being a franchise, are you, can you do other things outside of what 360 painting allows? Like, you know, other types of services that may for homeowners besides painting, or are you, is there a strict guideline? Like this is, all you can, you know, this is basically painting. So, you know, if somebody needed handyman type work done. Could you actually do that? Like, I'm just curious how strict it is. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so there's some flexibility there. Um, so as far as, uh, as that goes, um, as long as, um, it's all reported, right? I mean, as long as it's all properly done, yeah. um, there is some flexibility. So, you know, from a handyman perspective, um, small jobs here and there, yeah. as long as we Got have somebody on, uh, yeah. exactly. Or um, in an exterior season, we'll see a lot of cedar siding that needs to be kind of yeah. replaced, not a full cedar siding job, obviously, yeah. but a couple boards here and there, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, absolutely. And that's actually something that we do provide to our customers as part of our services. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah. So now once you get into like the larger jobs where you talking about general contracting, knocking down walls, a plumber, yeah, yeah, electrician, yeah. not our bag. <laughs> right. I mean, you have your core business, you stick to it. I was just curious. Yeah, in that yeah. in that yeah. regard, uh, what what is very what we have found is very beneficial and very helpful to our customers is that um, we are part of uh, several networking groups, 
And in being part of several networking groups, we have uh, found partners that we can give great referrals to. So we've got a great electrician. We know a great plumber. We know a great carpenter. We know, we know some of these really good, we know a great roofer. So we're able to provide our customers with some really good referrals from partners that we've worked with in the past. Hmm. So both of you came from corporate America. I mean, how was that transition <laughs> to um, this, the company and work with trains, tradesmen and, you know, a whole different environment, I would say. Um, it is. how that went or is going. It is. Yeah. It is. Um, so interesting. Yeah, there was, um, I would say definitely a little bit of a learning curve there for us. Um, but I think it, I think in the end, probably beneficial for both parties, right? So uh, I think Brian and I learned a lot in the beginning um, and it was really helpful for us to kind of understand uh, a very different industry and, um, and it made us a little bit more well-rounded, I believe. And then again, I feel that, you know, for, for our staff and, and our company, um, we are looking for kind of to make sure that our culture stays the same. It doesn't matter what the other, what the other trades do in this industry. It doesn't matter what another company has as far as, you know, how they treat their employees it only matters for us. We only care about our culture. And I think that that kind of um, is well represented then to our, to our customers as well. Um, and I think our employees, uh, they benefit from it. And I think that they've kind of raised their customer service uh, skill set up um, yeah. because of it. How do you, well, how do you promote the culture as far as, cause you have a lot of, you know, a lot of people, they're out at people's homes or businesses painting. And, and I, like you mentioned, you probably pull people in as, as you need. So how do you maintain that culture with, you know, it, is there team building exercises? Is there team meetings? Is there you know, um, some core values that are posted or, you know, talked about, just curious how that all. Yeah. Works. Great questions. Great questions. Yeah. So a little of all the above, um, we do a, we do a couple of different team meetings a year or, um, and we kind of pair them with team outings too. You know, I mean, we do the sexual harassment training at the same time that we do, right. that we roll out the, you know, 401k program at the same time that we do the open enrollment for the health benefits and things like that. We kind of, you know, lump a lot of that stuff in and we do a, and we do an employee outing at the same time. And, um, so we kind of lump a lot of those things together. Um, cause you know, it's kind of a little bit of, yeah. a little bit of business and a little bit of fun, fun. right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so we do some of that. Um, we talk, we have, um, quite a few different channels of, uh, communication, uh, that our different team members are on. Um, but we do a lot of communication. So daily, um, we've got a operations director that's talking to our foreman on every job. That's daily. Um, our salespeople, our territory managers are talking to our scheduling director on a daily basis. So we're in a lot, we're in constant communication. And part of that um, is also, you know, some specific one-on-ones, which again, I think is kind of unheard of in the industry. <laughs> But yeah, you wouldn't think have, so. Like company, yeah. Yeah, but we have weekly one-on-ones with our kind of our our managerial people, if you will. Okay. So our 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 territory staff, our territory managers, um, and some of the foremen, and and part of that is um, not only to get an idea of what's kind of in the funnel and coming up from a sales and production perspective, but also to have that time that's slated to provide feedback. Mm -hmm. um, to talk about anything that's critical that either happened or potentially is happening to go over maybe some of those crucial conversations. Um, we talk about taking our medicine, you know, we want to do the toughest thing first every day. Um, so there's a couple of different like mantra pieces that we have as well. Um, okay. but, but those, those slated conversations are really critical. And again, I think that that is, Brian and my background coming into this industry isn't really necessarily something that is uh, standard. Sure. Yeah, I would, as I mentioned <laughs> earlier, I always think it's somebody who has already been painting and they maybe they started off on their own and, and decide to, you know, buy, get into a franchise um, or somebody that just buys in right away. But but it, they're technically a painter, right? So it's it's a nice, it's refreshing to see 
the entrepreneurial spirit first and jump in and say, I'm going to run this from, you know, uh, working on the business, as we said earlier. So with that being said, like, do you practice some kind of like a system um, kind of like, like traction or scaling up? You know, there's these systems out there that, that are promoted to businesses that are growing and scaling and where they, they have, you know, we're going to meet every week for an hour and a half. Um, we're going to meet every quarter and talk about our, you know, quarterly rocks or, you know, objectives. And I'm just curious, is that something that you guys practice or does a franchise actually have a system that you kind of follow? No. Um, so yeah, that's a great question. I probably should look into some of those to be honest. Yeah, no, um, we, so uh, Brian and I kind of put our plan together on our own. Um, and, and we did it early on and we have, we look at it constantly, um, Mm -hmm. and we've adjusted it constantly. Um, some, most of the time for the better, (laughs) which is great. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's something that we're looking in review, um, uh, quite a bit. I would say Brian and I take a look at that at least once a quarter, um, during the year we're looking at next year by, you know, September of the year before, um, putting our plan into place, putting our budgets into place, looking at what we need to be at and what we need to grow to, to, to hit certain benchmarks for ourselves. Yep. Um, and then also for our, for our employees too. I mean, we're looking at benchmarks for our territory managers. When we hire our territory managers, one of our, one of our initial questions in the interview is what do you want to make? What do you want to make the first year? Yeah. And what do you want to make in five years? Right. And so, because these are sales roles. And so, yeah. um, so that's one of the things that we're asking. And then we're working backwards from there. Right. So we've got numbers in place. We've etched out our, uh, our system. We, I mean, we know what we need to be at and what our territories need, our territory managers need to be at in order to hit those benchmarks. And so we kind of work it backwards for them and show them on paper what that looks like. So I wouldn't say that we use a system unless you count what we created yeah, no, it's a system, the whole system. Yes, yeah. So, yeah. We we started we with a EOS entrepreneurial operating system, which was kind of came out of the book Traction, if you've ever heard of it. But it's it's a system where you set up your goals, just like you're doing anyway. But you you follow, you set up your core values. You hire people based on those values. You set up your accountability chart, your org chart. Um, you have like what they call rock, rocks, your quarterly rocks, which are kind of goals. And then you meet um, every week. We meet for an hour and a half, 90 minutes in, in this software that'll actually walk you through the agenda. So yeah. you, you can go through the each. And so you stay on track and you kind of, you you start and end in 90 minutes because it's so easy for us, for probably most people, they get off course on a meeting, you start talking about a topic and next thing you know, you didn't get to the agenda. So it's, yeah, yeah it, it's it's good. So I've, I've talked to people who practice systems like that and then others that have, like you said, you, you do have a system. It may not have a name and it may not be out of a book, but it's still a system, so. Yeah, yeah. it's a little blend of uh, just, again, that corporate background experience. Um, it's a little yeah. blend of smart goals and Six Sigma, so. Okay, there you go, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's my background. So that's kind of how yeah. we, we started our our kind of game plan. Mm-hmm. What what uh, besides your husband and you? What do you have a, other? What's the management team look like? Do you have like an operations manager? Um, other key VP type people? You may not call them that, but I'm just curious what that that looks like as you as you're trying to scale. I assume kind of you need you have a growth plan, so you. Um, they'd all have to be involved, I would assume. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So um, we have a operations director um, and the operations director is actually in charge of kind of overseeing all of the production and the scheduling of the production. Um, So essential key component of our business. Because when you when you do scale and you have so many projects going on at once to get them all slated properly with the correct people on the right project. And then on top of it, the communications to all those customers, um, that's a very essential role to our business. 
Sure. Um, and then, and then couple that with, um, and, and Brian, my husband oversees the sales team as well. And that's our territory managers. And so we have our, um, our entire geography kind of broken up into uh, set territories to keep them just from an efficiency standpoint, keep them kind of uh, in a certain geography. So they're not driving all over the place yeah. and maximum efficiency from a scheduling perspective. Um, so we've got our territory managers and, and they are also very key essential roles. And while they're, while they're kind of key points between the customer and, and they're really the sale, um, they are from a customer service perspective, also very essential, um, just to ensure that the customer is taken care of all of the estimates are done. Um, I mean, that's kind of the central engine of our business, if you will. So, uh, very key pieces there. And then we've got a open role here that we'll be hiring for soon as part of our 2022 growth plan. Um, and that is a, uh, a scheduling manager that will report up to the operations director that's going to um, kind of oversee the actual customer service calls uh, in yeah. and of themselves. As we've grown, we actually have grown into the need for that to be a specific role. And we kind of slated that uh, over a year yeah. ago. We knew that was coming. <laughs> Does 360 provide like the software to do all this or like, or do you have to have your own software? Um, Yeah, great question. Um, So we have a blend. So one of the great things about being in a franchise is that um, they have some proprietary software that they've already got. Um, So when we, you know, kind of turnkey, our estimating software is included as part of our our franchise agreement. Yeah, so that piece in and of itself is great because it's, it's, and that is one thing when we looked at franchising, um, that's actually one element that we really liked that 360 afforded us is a very, very professional uh, estimating software that provides a really wonderful estimate that breaks it out for the customer um, versus kind of, you know, some right, guy with um, a number on a piece of paper and handing it to you. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> this is detailed out room by room with pictures. I mean, it's beautiful. It's wonderful. We love it. Um, so we have that. There's a there's a CRM system, um, and then we have a little blend because we are a little bit larger. So we actually went out and um, kind of built uh, a scheduling platform for ourselves okay. because we have so many teams and uh, so many individuals uh, as far as painters and foremen go. So we actually kind of built our own scheduling nice. software. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we have a blend. Yeah. And, and then your accounting system, do they provide that? or I, what QuickBooks. Do you, oh, nice right. TV. QuickBooks. I, I love to hear that. Okay, good. <laughs> Yep. As a QuickBooks person, it's my, yeah. And it integrates with everything. It does. You probably have the online version, I assume. So of yeah. course, yes. Yeah, Every small business, right? QuickBooks yeah. online. <laughs> exactly. Um, good. I'm glad you, you mentioned QuickBooks. But anyway, um, do you like opportunities for like the growth for the future? Are you looking to open up more? Like, is it territorial and you can I don't know whether they have you buy into territories, but are you looking to expand from the um, St. Charles, Naperville area of Illinois? Do you see that happening down the road? Uh, potentially. So yeah. Uh, yeah, in franchising, you can buy into different territories. So we okay. actually started with Naperville and yep. then we bought St. Charles as well. So now we have kind of this combined uh, conglomerate, if you will. We have yeah. this major chunk of the western Chicago suburbs. Okay. Um, so this year we're we're looking to expand our growth organically within our within our territory. We have not, we're not even close to have saturated the marketplace yet. I'm so excited to kind of dig in. We've got some suburbs that we haven't hit as much as I would have liked. So we've broken up our territories and are hiring on additional territory managers to help. So this year's target is to expand within our territory, um, but we are always open to potentially expanding our territory go. in general. Always. <laughs> you always have to keep that in the, in the future. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> or even acquiring somebody who may already have one that wants to retire. You know, so. That is correct. That, yeah. that is also a possibility. <laughs> <laughs> how, how did, because um, I just want to go backwards a little bit. So you've your you your husband did he get in before you and you joined him yeah so the plan was for me to join about a year after the plan was for him to start for me to stay in corporate america and kind of just have that corporate income coming in and you know kind Mm -hmm. of uh the 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 
the parachute, if you will. Yeah. And um, about three or four months in, um, we were just growing really, really quickly. So uh, it doubled became, the first year. So yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he was. Uh, uh, we tell this joke actually, and it's funny because everyone at PSB knows this already, and it's like just a common joke that. Um, day one that I jumped in, he hadn't done the books from day one that he jumped in. I see <laughs> so, <that. Yeah. laughs> so, so there was a need, <laughs> there was a need. Um, so, so yeah, so I was able to kind of jump in and, um, and almost immediately. I mean, it was only a three or four month Delta between when he, when wow. he actually, when we opened our doors to when, um, I entered in full-time as well. That's amazing. It's, it's totally because two incomes out of corporate America and then go into a franchise and, and, and be able to jump in within the first six months, both people. So it's, it's testament to your growth. You know, it's, yeah. It's, do you spend most of your time on the marketing side? Like where do you split the responsibilities between both yep. of you? Yeah. Yep. So, so Brian was sales and operations and obviously we have kind of offloaded a lot of that operations piece because we mm -hmm. grew so quickly. Um, so we have um, our operations director is operations. Brian is mostly uh, sales. And then um, I am the marketing accounting um, HR. So yeah. that's that's how we make our kind of delegations. And, okay. and we do a pretty good job of, of balancing that. Um, and, uh, and well, and how do you, because you live in the same household, how yeah. do you split the work-life balance must be a challenge at times. You walk around with your um, logo shirts on <laughs> together during the day. We do. Um, <laughs> like put on and, my work hat. <laughs> and we've been known to sleep in them a couple of times. Yeah, too. Sure. I mean, I, I have woken up in the morning and seen him brushing his teeth with this shirt on. And yeah. I know he hasn't gotten in the shower yet. So I'm <laughs> kind of like, did you sleep in that one? Yeah, um, <laughs> that's what's happened. Um, so work-life balance. So what's crazy when you're a um, husband-wife combo is uh, I say, you got to love what you do because there isn't really a work-life balance. Life is work and work yeah. is life. Mm -hmm. um, obviously you can set some separations and we do. Um, so dinner time is dinner time. It's, it's not work time. Um, right. It's our kids' time. Um, I actually just got back from mater maternity leave. There's no maternity leave when you're not, by the way. Like payroll still has to get done. People still need to get paid, but maternity leave. Thanks. You just go um, walk into the, uh, the office in the house and just do what you need to do, right? Exactly. We'll feed the baby. Maybe <laughs> right. at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. So um, from child number two. So we, we do have set hours where, you know, phones are off, pencils down you know, logo covered up, if you will. Um, and it's, and it's parent time. Yeah. Um, and, and that's dinner time and, you know, Saturday afternoons and all of Sunday and, and that kind of fun stuff. But um, that doesn't mean shop talk doesn't happen. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It just means that we're not available for, you know, our, to anyone put it that yeah. way. No, yeah. you need to do that. Yeah. I, I'm still amazed that, that you both got into this. I'm, I'm picturing his first day in the job, you know, it's like, I don't know how to quote, or maybe I do, or, and let's say I get the, get the gig. Do I have a painter to go do it or a crew? And I'm like, is that what it was kind of like at the beginning or did? Yeah. And so uh, that's the scaling balance, right? It's, yeah. it, and, and you know what, it doesn't even matter if you have a skill set or not. I mean, I guess, I guess it's a little bit easier if you yourself can do it because mm -hmm. the first job you sell, you can go do it yourself. Sure. Um, but regardless, once you get into scaling your business, it's always going to be that delicate balance of drive the sales now drive the, you know, employee portion to complete that sale, um, and keeping that balance, you know, you can't ever be completely labor overloaded because then you don't have enough work for your employees. You can't ever have that. You also can't have too many sales because now you're not providing the same level of customer service that you want to, because, 
you know, you don't have enough labor to perform the workload. So um, always going to be that balance that, like I said, I think that's going to be our challenge for the rest of our career. Um, but what a great challenge to have, right? Like yeah. that's the problem we all want. <laughs> like that FedEx commercial where they are, that commercial where they get all these sales and they're so excited. And then the clock, they, the numbers start climbing and they're like, oh, how are we going to do this? Yes. How are we going to yes. ship it basically? Um, yep. Yeah, I go through the same thing in my um, our accounting, outsourced accounting and QuickBooks consulting. You know, we we only have so much capacity, but then new clients start coming in. So do you hire ahead of that, which we technically we we have to, or do you have to do you have to basically say no or push them off and then go find somebody and hire? And it's kind of it's it's a challenge. I think actually it's probably a challenge in every industry, just the timing of hiring, and, and then with today's market finding people, you know, I'm sure it's probably affects your market too. Your it does. Workforce. It does. Yeah. So I feel like I'm hashtag hiring all the time on LinkedIn yeah. <laughs> and, and we constantly, we say always be hiring, right? Like AB, ABH, always be hiring. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the painting world, uh, that's, we, we are, we have a constant post of painters wanted, um, foremen, Mm-hmm. apprentices, painters, we have kind of a different scaling system based off of their level of experience and training, et cetera. Um, but we're looking to hire in at all levels at all times. We're always willing to take that interview if there's somebody that wants to apply because you never know. And, um, and, and if they're a great culture fit, we find a way. And, you know, again, if we've got the labor force, it's almost like we can push ourselves to go out and get the additional sales. So we'd rather right. have that. Um, but boy, it's a great problem to have. <laughs> yeah. I, I, same thing with me. I always, and I always used to say, and I've been doing this for like, you know, close to 20 years, probably, or at least probably at least 15, but I always say, look, if I had, I could double my business if I had the resources and there are people like, I can't get customers. And, and so I'd rather have my right. problem than others where you can't yes. get business. So yeah. yes. And, so. and labor force isn't, is, is an issue this, this mm-hmm. last kind of calendar year. Yeah. Um, and, and so um, that's why, you know, we take every interview, every, every application we're looking at it. Um, we're calling, we're, we're, we're doing at least an initial just to, just to test and see. Um, but yeah, labor, the, the labor force this year has been uh, more, more of a challenge than it has been in the past years for sure. Yeah. It, it's, it must be tough because the really great painters are either on their own with their own business um, or already like they're staying where they're staying. Like it's tough to pull them from somewhere. So it's, it's probably tough to get really seasoned painters. You know, I, I could imagine, but yeah. Yeah. And we, you know, uh, a happy employee is, is a great employee. Right. So um, we do a little, we do a couple things differently than a lot of the other companies in our industry do. Um, I think we're, if not the only one of the only in our area that provides health benefits, I, I think yeah. we're the only that provides a 401k and a matching program. Um, most of the painters that we talk to kind of hear that and they're what? Like that's, you know, unheard of in yeah. our industry. It, is um, that your, the franchise, like the whole franchise doing that or just you? Uh, just us. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a, that's a piece that Brian and I have brought to the table for our specific organization. Um, but again, that's kind of to keep uh, our, our focus is about keeping our culture and um, in order to do that, we want to bring really great people in. We want to retain them um, and retaining them doesn't necessarily mean like just giving them more money, right? There's, yeah. there's some other pieces to it. And uh, I think in our industry, there's a lot of people that are kind of looking for that extra dollar an hour kind of thing. But once they hear that they have um, opportunity and exposure to health insurance and health benefits, yeah. and potential 401k, I mean, these are things that they've never even heard of let alone had the option for. Um, so I, I think that that kind of sets us apart a little bit. Um, it's something that we're extremely proud of that we are providing to our employees. Yeah. I mean, in the trades, you don't really see that, you know? Um, yeah, not at all. So, yeah. and so what, um, before I ask you kind of about yourself where you're from and everything, um, what really, what excites you about the future as far as with your business? Is there some oh big, my goodness. 
Actually, I'm going to back up. I'm going to ask you a different question because. Oh, sure. Okay. Yes. If somebody, this, this, this came out of, um, I, I did the Goldman Sachs 10,000 small business program. And one of the exercises, which kind of blew my mind as a, as an entrepreneur, they went through this, this, they said, if I gave you $50,000, what would you do with it? And everybody was, you know, oh, I would hire this, or I would do that. But then they, when they said, okay, let's say I, I gave you a million dollars to do something. You can't take it out. You have to do something in your business. What would you do? And it kind of went, you started to think <laughs> about your business like in a bigger way. And I'm curious if somebody did walk in and said, I'll give you a million dollar check to do something with the business. What would that look like? You know, so if somebody gave me a million dollar check to do something with the business, yeah, I would buy up all of the Chicagoland area <laughs> or as much of it as I could Failing, and, right? Yeah, and, in, and invest heavily, heavily, heavily in advertising, radio, TV commercials, that kind of yeah. thing. Branding is so important um, because it really ends up paying for itself. Obviously I'm a marketing person. So if I don't say yeah. that, I mean, what am I saying about my own craft, right? Um, because if, if you have the interest and you have the sales, then it pays for itself in the infrastructure. So um, I wouldn't necessarily go out and hire a whole bunch of employees. I would invest it in uh, doubling down on additional territory, additional mm -hmm. marketing spend, additional yeah. ad spend, um, get our get our information out there and in front of as many people as possible because I believe that what we bring to the table is so far and away different than most of the people in our industry that mm. I think that once our once our ad and our our brand is out there and our story is out there, um, we're just a great organization to do business with. And that's, I firmly believe that. So I feel that that's where the money would be the most well invested. And I think that everything else then pays for itself and pays itself back. Yeah. It, it, no, that's, it's awesome. It's a, it's an interesting, it makes you think differently when you think at that level, that's, you know, that's, that was the experience. The monopoly money. <laughs> yeah. Right. And like, you know, we, I said the same thing. I'm like, I would try to roll up a bunch of these fractional, these smaller outsourced accounting businesses and create a big one right so mm -hmm. yeah. yeah it's interesting um and the, some people have a time with it like oh I, I don't know what i would do so you know um that was an easy one for me for yeah sure. right so, <laughs> so just let's hear about you so are you from the illinois area like are you i yeah. am yeah i am so i was uh kind of born and raised in uh oak park um, so I grew up in Oak Park. I went down to school at U of I um, in Champaign-Urbana. Um, my husband's family is actually from Illinois as well, but they moved out to Columbus. So he grew up in Columbus and then he went to Ohio State. Okay. So uh, wow. around football season, it, it gets dicey in our house. I don't really have a leg to stand on. So tell, I will be doing a podcast with somebody who is uh, an Ohio State captain and on the championship team in um, yeah. So that'll be next week. I'll let you know on that one. So he'd probably want to listen to it, how he's growing his business. I'll need to listen to that one. Brian yeah. will too. Yeah. We're, I mean, unfortunately, and you know, kudos <laughs> to my alma mater, great school, but during football season, it's, you know, O-H-I-O -O around yes. here. <laughs> sure. And then as far as your um, corporate background, where you worked before? You made yeah. So Brian and I actually both worked for Xerox, a subsidiary of Xerox here that was uh, local in the Chicagoland area. And like mm -hmm. I said, he was in data analytics. Um, I started there in sales. I moved into marketing um, and ended up being kind of the, se the senior director of marketing there and, and running the entire uh, marketing organization. Wow. Yeah. I, I, I wrote here that you have a BS in biology and chemistry. Is that right? That's right. So how, yeah. <laughs> how, so how did that turn into marketing and now you're running a painting company? It's an interesting... Um, <laughs> path journey yeah it was an interesting journey and that journey started way back in college um i was in biology and chemistry i was uh focusing on genetics believe it or not um i love and i still do i mean yeah. i love genetics i still keep up and uh 23 and me i got into that as soon okay. as it came out i loved it i'm still focused on it i still look at it you know i i love that piece um True story, I was sitting in a lab, a chemistry lab, um, or I shouldn't say sitting in, I walked in uh, mm -hmm. day one, uh, my junior year, 
into a lab and I had been in so many labs there in sciences. There's all these labs. I walked in, I sat down next to a gentleman who I had seen in in some of my other classes um, and figured he'd be like a great lab partner. Cause you know, you walk into a lab, you sit down next to a person, that's your lab partner. I mean, that is what it is. Um, He looked at me, got up and walked to another table. And um, I realized then that, that maybe some of the um, outgoing personality wasn't going to kind of fit in <laughs> with the lab crew. So, uh, <laughs> so what ended up happening was um, when I graduated, my initial thought was, well, maybe uh, kind of my background will be best suited for uh, pharmaceutical sales or some kind of medical sales. Oh. Yep. Um, and I had kind of a lot of people giving me that advice, you know, Hey, <laughs> really like to talk to people, maybe kind of pursue that area. You, you love the sciences, you love medicine, you love genetics. Like this might be your thing. That way you can kind of stay in that. But at the time you couldn't get into that field with no sales experience. You had to have <sighs> at least a year or two of sales. So, um, I applied to a Xerox company because I was told if you can make it in copier sales, you can make it in any sales environment. Uh, yes. So I did I that. My business card to every copier person who's walked in the front door. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So I, I started with Xerox. I started in sales. I, I did sales for three years for them. And to be honest, I w- it was so successful that I, I, I couldn't have left. And um, I ended up finding a passion in marketing. I found kind of a, a niche there. Um, they didn't really have a marketing department. Um, So I put together a business plan. I presented it to our president. And uh, one day he said, okay, put your money where your mouth is. You run it. So I did. It's amazing because I have uh, my my person, my girlfriend runs a lab. And um, we always talk about science brain and non-science brain. And I'm the non-science brain. So she's very linear. And this is critical thinker, pragmatic. Mm-hmm. I'm an entrepreneur and it's just interesting conversations because <laughs> yeah. But. Different people. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And, and but. great, great people. I have one of our best friends, uh, is a, is a, a lab manager. She, uh, does water reclamation. It's, it's mm-hmm. she's fabulous. Um, she, she has an outgoing personality too. And she talks about some of the challenges of some of her coworkers. Yeah. <laughs> just, well, that's cool. And just passions. What do you, I mean, you work all the time, but it sounds like you, you mentioned you have a couple of kids, well, newborn and, um, newborn. yep. A newborn and a two and a half year old. Two and a half. So you have your hands full. Do you, what, I was going to say, what do you do outside of work? But, um, <laughs> probably most of it. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we still like, we haven't done it in a long time, but both my husband and I loved golf. Um, and, uh, we're not the best at all. Like we're not, I mean, I'm everybody says that, but you probably have a, I wish we could do it more often, but, but honestly, it's more about just getting outside and enjoying the day. Um, than it is about getting really good at it. It's just one of those sports, you know, and everybody can do it. You're outside. You can enjoy that. Um, we, we like to be outside, so we enjoy the outdoors. Um, so just getting outside, doing things, um, where, you know, even if it's just taking the kids to the park or taking the kids for a walk, just anything that gets us kind of outdoors. And again, being in the Chicagoland area, that's yes. this it's much very, of the year versus this much of the year. Yeah. So we're in the, I'm in the Boston area. It's same, same thing. You know, the, the summers just go by really fast and then it really seemed to be short, but I ride a motorcycle. So, you know, I can't wait to get it out, but then you'll have, rainy and cold days and it's like it seems like it doesn't happen until may that i can get that thing out so and it's pretty fast yep and then in the winter it's all about reading both my husband and i are avid readers so um he he definitely is on the more academic side of the reading um i i'm constantly jealous and also uh embarrassed of myself i'm definitely more of the um i call it um bubble gum um, the bubblegum books. Okay. So I, I love the murder mysteries and all, you know, I mean, if, if it's a series, I'm, I'm reading it, you know, you, sort of thing. 
And you he's also- reading all the entrepreneurial books and being a great nerd and learning all of these things and passing it along to me. And I'm reading, you know, about murder mysteries and stuff. Exactly. Yes. exactly. You also binge watch them on TV, on Netflix and stuff. Some of these series that are, there's so For many sure. of them. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Actually, our, our latest is a uh, yellow uh, Yellowstone. That's oh, our, yeah, that my, was our binge. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. My um, girlfriend and I, we both watch, watch that too. And that was a great my, one. my latest, latest, just recently, I just started watching Goliath. I'm, I'm kind of, that's, that seems. I've not seen that one yet, yeah. but we're, we're probably about two, three months behind on where everyone else is because yeah. of the, because of the kids. So everyone else is talking about it. And then we're like, oh, okay, we got to do that. And then we find, we find an hour when both kids are actually asleep. Yeah. That's when we, that's when we actually watch TV. Yeah. Yellowstone's great. Ozark probably. I don't know. Ozark. Yep. We did that one too. That was great. That's a good one. But, and then I've watched all the medical ones because like I mentioned, my girlfriend's a um, lab manager. So, you know, Grey's Anatomy and The Resident and probably some other ones thrown in there too but those are uh, those are my binge watching and i do those in the winter when i'm on the treadmill okay there you go <laughs> yeah. so you've seen them all so. i have yeah. well great i this has been good so where can people find you i know you're on linkedin yep so linkedin yep. facebook uh 360 painting we have a website 360painting.com okay um, those are probably the three easiest ways to find us yeah does the website is more like a franchise website. Do you have like a more like a local one or they all go through the same and you just pick your locations, right? Yep. It all goes through the, it all goes through the same. So 360painting.com slash Naperville would be okay. our specific page. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Good. I Thanks for, this has like been enjoyable. I really, my big takeaway was really how you went from corporate world and had nothing to do with painting in you're running a painting company and um neither one yeah, of you can so paint. <laughs> people that want to be their own boss even if they don't have something specific they still yeah. can yeah and the fact culture in fact a big thing with you you it's came out is really kind of the culture that you're trying to maintain and you know enforce and bring people the right people in that'll fit even you know you'll find a place for them you know if they have Absolutely. Our internal culture spills over into our external customer service. A hundred percent. That's awesome. And I want to thank everyone who's listening. Um, I encourage you to like it and share. Um, Again, thanks Roxanne. And um, again, this has been another episode of Leaders Who Scale. And that wraps up another episode. Thank you for joining. For show notes and other episodes, visit us at leaderswhoscale.com. Leaders Who Scale is sponsored by Siegel Solutions, providing world-class services and cutting-edge tools that help businesses grow and succeed.